Hey guys, it's your host here, Aaron from Midnight Thoughts. And today I thought I would do a bonus episode to um, the first episode. And today I'll just be talking about um, my mental health, or rather my mental health journey. So, so where do we begin? <laughs> so, um, I guess you could say my mental health journey really started um, when I was when I was 13. I think I want to say that age. I was going to say when I was fairly young, but uh, 13 isn't really that young. <laughs> so, um, I guess, you know, with puberty happening and all that good stuff, um, I really developed, like, a lot of changes, I guess, um, within my mood. Because, you know, they say, like, teenagers start to get moody, and I think 13 really start. <laughs> to get really moody because you're going through changes and everyone around you is going through changes. So it kind of feels like you're <sighs> trying to adhere to yourself to everyone around you, even though everyone around you hasn't figured everything out. And that was definitely something that I had to work on because it was something that I never thought I would have to grasp. And to this day, um, I still find myself trying to compare myself to everyone, even though I already know you can't because everyone's on their own journey in this game that I like to call life. (laughs) So... It's hard because you have so many people out there trying to tell you this is who you are, this is who you should be, but (laughs) around the same go, it's like there's this constant message of you should be who you are and it's great to be who you are, which it is. There's nothing wrong with being who you are. You should be self-expressive and you should be yourself. But how do you do that in a day and age where people, I think, (laughs) let me try to find the right words to say this. People try to tell you that you should have everything figured out by a certain age or that it's okay to be you, but limit yourself. And... It's okay to follow other people, but follow all the right people. Or however that goes. (laughs) I think I'm confusing myself here too. But anywho, that's back to really how I started this. So at 13, I was still like figuring myself out who I wanted to be, how I wanted to dress, who who I really was going to be going forward. And I didn't really get help with certain things. I think I there were certain things I had to figure myself out. And I think I've always been rebellious. I've always tried to challenge the norms (laughs) I've always tried to authentically be myself and don't didn't care what other people thought but like I said I'll always compare myself to others if someone was doing great um for example on a math test I would try to work so much harder to do what I had to do and just get a better grade than them if someone was trying to get the lead and like um acquire like get to be get a solo and acquire song i would always try to do better and get that solo before they did now i guess it's just wanting to have some control in my life at that age like i wanted to prove to so many people that i could do better and that i knew that i was better and i guess there was always this Competition, this invisible competition that just wasn't there. So I got pretty exhausted, which you will do if that's really how you live your life. If you always compare yourself to people and make competition where there is none, 
and I really got exhausted by it and it got so bad um, that I got depressed, but that wasn't the only reason that I got depressed. I was also bullied, but I think like wasn't. <laughs> Not that um, to downplay bullying, because that is, it really does damage your psyche <laughs> and it really does hurt your mental health. And you might not think about it. Like, you think people, oh, they're going to forget about this in, like, 10 years. But what I've come to learn as, like, I've grown older is that one thing you might say about someone, whether you think they're too big, they're too skinny, um, they act like, they act different than people who you might be friends with or who you might, your family might be your family is or who your family might associate themselves with you call them out on it and you think okay well this is just a joke or this is just funny you know I just was pointing it out it was supposed to be a joke but to them that one thing could stick with them forever forever and it will bother them and you might not be the first person to actually bring it up it might be that someone of their family members brought it up as a joke or someone, a teacher brought it up, um, or anybody really brought it up before you did, and it actually sticks with them. Because a lot of, um, a lot of people, <laughs> from what I've learned, is will focus on a specific body trait, or maybe it's mannerisms, or maybe it's the way that they talk to certain people, because someone called it out when they were young. And then someone else called it out, and then it became a thing. So they can they only focus on that one thing, even though there could be completely nothing wrong with them. Nothing wrong with their mannerism, nothing wrong with how they dress or how they may look or a specific body part. And, or body size or body image. It's, until you called it out. But like I said before, <laughs> someone else probably already did. And it sticks with them for so long that you think oh wow like you're still thinking about the thing from middle school but in actuality they could have already been thinking about it or focused on it before you even called it and just brought more attention to it and then they have problems later in life with their body image because of it um which was actually my case um I like starved myself at 13 I don't know I know it's more um I know in the media it's presented more as a gross issue that girls seem to start themselves because, you know, body image and how the media portrays how a woman's figure should be or what is the ideal figure for a woman. But um, it's not really showcased with men, and I really wish that it would be <laughs> because... There are some guys who starve themselves because they don't feel that they're not skinny enough. There are guys who feel like they're not, they're too skinny <laughs> and not um, not muscular enough. There are some guys who feel too muscular and that they want to get, they don't want to be that size or they don't want to have that exact body image. And um, that exact, <laughs> I think I used that right, but if I did, you know, <laughs> people make mistakes. But... It's something that I struggled with. I always thought, you know, um, because I was always skinny. Um, but when I, um, you know, 13, you get hormonal, you get more, you more emotional, you get more moody. So, um, and I was depressed on top of that. So I was eating so much more and I was eating my feelings. So... I decided that, you know, to cope, I was going to eat more and more and more to fill a gap, which um, if anyone is struggling with, this, struggling with this and listening to this podcast, I want to tell you that it gets better and you shouldn't ever, ever compare yourself to someone else because everyone is different. You should love your body. And if you want to change something about your body, do it for you. Don't do it for anybody else. Don't do it because you think people will give you more attention or people will 
stop picking on you or people will just look at you differently. If you want to, if you want to change something about yourself, do it just because you want to do it. Don't be, don't do it because someone told you that you might look better or, you know, that you're not good enough or that you can't be, you can't look good with a certain body type. And I think that is something that a lot of people talk about. And um, and I'm like, for especially for guys and young men or just men in general, is that it's never really brought up enough. Is that like how much guys you would think I get because of social media and how it's presented that guys don't really question how they look in the mirror. They just go out and like, okay, this is enough. But it, it's something that I feel like a lot of guys struggle with. And that is just not brought up. Um, But anyway, (laughs) I starred myself because I thought, you know, everyone was making it a point that I had got bigger and that I was big. And I thought, okay, if you stop eating, um, you'll get skinny. So it had got so bad um, that I had eventually created a whole system around starving myself. I wouldn't eat dinner and I wouldn't eat breakfast. And if I was going to eat lunch, I was only going to eat only a small portion amount of food. And eventually, my teacher started noticing that I wasn't eating and that I was shrinking and that I was always sleeping in class. I was so tired. And um, one of the lunch aides that we had at our school actually noticed that I would never ate. And I rarely ever ate or touched my food. And um, they would have to sit there and try to ask, like, you know, get me to eat something. And so I would um, pretend that I was eating and I act like I'm eating and then throw it all up or I would just spit it out <laughs> or because um, we always had garbage cans around us. So I would like eat it, act like I ate it, you know, you know, and then spit it up or, you know, go in the bathroom and throw up. <laughs> um, or at least try to make myself throw up if I didn't already spit out the food. <laughs> um Sorry for the nervous laughter, but it's kind of a coping mechanism. But um, I had went through a lot at 13, like some something that a 13 year old shouldn't have to go ever go through, and it impacted me a lot. A lot, but my whole childhood is a whole <laughs> story in itself. But like this was like really like the tipping point. I remember it so much because I was so depressed and I didn't think. Oh, well, rather, I thought that I was just sad and, you know, the whole world was against me at this point because you had people telling you that you're not good enough and that, you know, you're eating too much and that you, if you tried harder, that you'd be better. And even though you know that you're giving it everything that you have and you're trying your best and you're doing everything you're supposed to do, but it's still not enough. So, yeah, so, (laughs) um, moving on from that point, um, as I grew, like, a lot older, um, the bullying never really, like, stopped as so much as, like, I just, like, um, I really grew tough because of it. And I actually, I'm not going to say I'm thankful for what happened to me, but I actually grew a lot tough skin because of it. And um, I actually became a lot stronger of a person because of it. I don't, um, and I actually learned, you know, I learned some bad habits because of it. Because it, when you become this, person who is mean and destruct like self-destructive and uncaring about other people you get this reputation for being one of the meanest people that someone probably ever met you are a jerk you're an asshole um you're just someone who comes off to other people as unfeeling or uncaring when in actuality you could be one of the nicest people ever but you lash out of people before they before they get a chance to hurt you. And that is something that 
I'm still dealing with, <laughs> but I've gotten a lot better at it. Um, I have a lot. Like, um, I used to have, like, really bad anger issues when I was a kid because, I don't know, I always tried to be nice to other people. And then I realized, or I thought I had realized, that people do not take you seriously when you are nice. So when you yell or you assert your point but with anger, then people actually start to take you seriously. But that is not the way to get things done. It's not the way that you handle your situations. Because all it's going to do in, in the long run is make you reclusive to other people. I, I'm trying to find a better word to say it, but it makes you self-isolate because you're so concerned about people being getting at you first that you'd rather get at them second. You rather no not second. <laughs> you rather get at them first so they don't get you. And um something that I've been working on, um that actually come um I don't know if it's a thing or not, but I like to call it the jump the ship mentality where you feel like you're you don't care or rather not care, but you're not attached to people or things because you feel like if they're going to leave you, you might as well have already left. Even though um, they have given you no reason or any signs that they're going to hurt you or leave you or abandon you or even strike at you first. But you'd rather put yourself in peril than to stick around and wait and see what happens. And um, and I've really been struggling with that with now, um, cause like I said in my last podcast, my my mother, who I was so close to, passed away from pancreatic cancer. And it's not something I feel like I've talked about it to close friends and family, but I only feel like only those people would know how much I've been struggling with it, because. It's people tell you that when you lose a parent or you lose someone that you were so close to, things get better. Maybe not today, maybe tomorrow, maybe not the next month, maybe not next year, but it'll get better. And from what I can tell you guys now, I don't know if things get better. I'm not trying to say that things will never get better or that I don't think things will get better for me. It's just I things right now have not gotten better. They've gotten somewhat easier, <laughs> but um, nothing has gotten better. If anything, they've gotten worse. <laughs> but um, it's hard not having someone here with you to tell you or show you the right way to go about things or to just talk to and be there with, to laugh with, to share moments with. And I miss my mom. I mean, she was a great person. She may have not been the most kind parents or the most how do I say this the most affectionate but she was at least with me she was the most loving kind person I have ever known my mother was the type of person to give someone the clothes off her back in the last 50 cents out of her pocket just because she knew they needed it. And when she passed away, 
I'll never, I'll never forget it. And I don't think there will be ever a part where I recover from that. And I'll talk to people who have lost a parent. And it's hard because, you know, you feel like, of course, they've gone through it, but they don't feel the hurt that you feel. Even though, you know, they do feel the hurt because they get it. They get how it feels to lose their parent. And this has all just made me think about life a little differently. It definitely made me think a lot deeper about life, you know, death too. It makes it made me think about people who you loved, people who have loved you, even though you might not have known it. It made it made me think about how there are some moments that you'll never realize are important or how significant they were until the person that you shared that moment with is no longer here with you. And um, it just makes you think about the people that come and go out of your life. I've had friends who have come and go out of my life for whatever reasons. And I thought about how they're doing now and what their life is like and how they're doing now. And I, like, I'm not, I'm not mad and I'm not jealous. I'm not sad about any of how their life is. I'm actually happy for them. And I hope nothing but happiness comes into their way. But it, um, I've also thought about people that I've hurt and people that have been hurt by me or who have hurt me. And I guess all of this really just made me think of another thing like about religion and how um to give you guys an FYI um I was actually raised Christian but really Lutheran but um like Christianity was a big thing in my family and in my home and my mom um passed away um I just really lost off faith in religion yet I still pray and I know you guys might be thinking why is you are you praying if you don't believe in God who what do you who are you praying to if you don't believe in heaven or hell you don't believe in any of that but yet you still pray and I don't know if it's because I feel like It brings me a sense of control. And moreover on that, it brings me a sense of safety. And I don't know if it's because you, I've, not you, I've, (laughs) I've done it for so long that it's like a habit that I can't break or maybe... I feel like I'm lying to myself and that I really am religious. I just don't want to say that. I feel like I, the way that I've been thinking about religion lately is, especially in light of what happened to my mom, is like, how, how could a God create a world with people and you are as benevolent as any scriptures or words say you are 
yet you caused so much suffering in a world that you created um, for your people. And that suffering is supposed to make you pray. Because if everything were perfect, why would you need him? And my mom wasn't a bad person. She was a really good person. She didn't hurt anybody. And if she did, she darndest made it her life's mission to help as many people as she could. Even some of the people that she's hurt. So, I just questioned how, how could the most benevolent force in the universe take someone away from me? Not only when I needed them most, like I do now but who didn't deserve that. And I'm not saying that anyone deserves to go out the way that my mom did. Even though there are some people who have done evil things and yet still walk away fine, even though they have hurt so many people and took so many lives. But, and I just made me think about all the people in the world right now. I know, like, a lot of, um, a lot of parents use the phrase, you know, well, what if you were a kid, like, in a third world country who is starving, who doesn't have parents, who doesn't have this? And, you know, I want to say, my whole life, I feel like I've been well enough off. I've never had to want for anything. My mom, she provided for me, not only with the things that I needed, but the things, all the things that I wanted. And even now, you know, I, in the grand scheme of things, I really shouldn't complain, but I feel like, of course, you know, when you're talking about someone who grew up having nothing who may have had to provide for their siblings even like as they if they were their children or maybe they've had just this constant bad luck in life from the beginning and you try to you you can't compare those issues you can't say Well, of course, you know, they're struggling more than you. But that that shouldn't negate my own pain. Because everyone in every walk of life has had some kind of pain in their life, whether they're the richest person in the world or the poorest. Everyone has some kind of pain in their life. And that's something like, you know, I really had to realize is that, especially after my mom had passed away, is that um, everyone has had to deal with pain. Because when she passed and it was a couple of weeks, it was a couple of weeks after Everyone, um, well, not everyone, people I had talked to who still have their parents, you know, my friends, my family, even though I know they did not come across this way or make it a point to, how to say this, like, add to my grief or add to my pain or suffering. It was like, <laughs> you still have your parents. And I'm, I'm not here with mine. My mom is gone. My dad is gone. So I felt so alone, even though I know I had people who had my, I had my best friends. I had my family who was there for me. But it didn't feel like that. It felt like 
the one person who truly understood me, who truly knew who I was and loved me so much, was just taken from me. And I was alone. And right now, there are some nights that I can't go to sleep because I'm so scared that I won't wake up. Not to say that I'm suicidal or I'm having suicidal thoughts, but I'm afraid that if my mother, one of the strongest people I have, I knew, even though I know that everyone at some point in their life will die, that what, what would that, how could that stop me from dying at any moment? Even though I've, in the grand scheme of things, I have helped so many people and I've done so much good. But as I've been thinking about it, death doesn't discriminate between people who do good in their life and people who do bad. And it doesn't leave any less grief in the world than there already was. And when you actually think about it, you know how many people are grieving it right at this very moment for someone that they lost. Not as I've said before, someone else's pain does not negate yours or should not negate yours. But all these things that I've dealt with in my life, I know <laughs> this podcast has been, um, well, at least this episode has been really sporadic, but I just had a lot on my mind <laughs> lately. And those like been like the major recurring themes. And um, back onto the point of religion, though, I um, been looking at different religions and trying to study different religions. Maybe I'm trying to fill a void in my life. And I'm trying to make it make it more make living a little easier, I guess. And or to try to find some control in my life. It's like my life has just, especially at this stage, it's just a whirlwind of just unforeseen things that there was no way I could have known or ever been prepared to deal with. And I'm I'm trying to look at manifestation, you know, um, which is built, I guess, on the belief that if you say something enough or you think about something enough that it'll happen. And you basically put um, put the energy out into the universe or you put what you want to happen out in the universe and then it'll happen to you. And um, it seems like Things have um, been working for that, but it still isn't something for me. And then I was also looking at, you know, um, polytheist religions um, that involve more than one God, like Wicca or um, (laughs) stuff, um, religions such as. And it has been (laughs) just as... Like, it's been something that hasn't really led me anywhere or led me to feel anything. And um, the best way that I can say, or the best um, analogy to this is something that I've dealt with also. And um, um, when my family was cleaning out our old house, um, cleaning out my mom's things, um, 
she had left things for me, pictures. There were so many pictures, and her clothes were there, and, you know, our old Christmas tree ornaments of all things, even though we didn't have a Christmas tree. <laughs> well, we did have one, but we got rid of it, but that's not the point. <laughs> um, and it was, like, no matter how much I tried to hold on to these things, whether it was pictures or... Um, photo albums or clothes or um, old things that we used to have like um, our ornaments which I still have still have some of them <laughs> um, stuffed animals that I had gave her whatever it was um, it didn't feel it didn't give me any feeling like I thought it would it wasn't like I was holding on to anything I just felt empty. Um, and it, I guess I'm trying to fill this void in my life. And I guess it's a part of that jump ship mentality that I have. And I'm trying too hard now to keep control of things that I have no control over. And I'm trying to fill a void in my life that I know subconsciously I'll never fill that void. And it stings because you have other people in your life who care about you and want you to be happy. But with all the, even with all the people in your life, no one will fill that spot. And it hurts. <laughs> it really hurts. And like I said before, people keep telling me, you know, things will get better. And then you, I try to watch videos of grief and how to process it. I try to read books. Um, old texts that for people who have dealt with it to try to relieve some pain. I have looked at how religions handle it, prayers, and nothing has worked for me. And to be honest, I don't know if things will get better for me. I know that things will be easier. And I know that when I work on the things on myself that I will work on, things will get better for me. But I don't see that happening in the foreseeable close future. I just see things that I have to work on. And I'm happy to know that I have people with me who support me and want the best for me and want me to be happy. Not everyone has that. And I feel sorry for them. Because I knew this person who I um, haven't really put much thought to. But they were friends. Well, they didn't, I wouldn't consider them friends, but they were friends with them. They, no. Let me retract that statement because that was not grammatically correct. They had friends or people they consider friends who were not their friends. And for someone to talk to you and belittle you, make you feel that you can't accept your own culture or there's something wrong with your culture, to forego any semblance of happiness for them 
for their own is not a friend, or at least isn't a friend in my book. And I feel like I wish the best for them, and I truly wish that they find people in their life who will support them and only wish the best for them so they wouldn't have to feel like someone else could decide for them or that someone gets to tell them what's important to them or make decisions for them. But then again, I feel like you only have as much power. People only have as much power as you give them over you. And you can't allow for anyone to treat you a certain way if you haven't allowed it, if that makes sense. (laughs) But um, basically, the point of that, or what I was trying to say was, if you allow someone in your life to make you feel like a, make you feel less than yourself, less than the most, the the most 100% you that you could possibly be. And you've allowed it. Sometimes you don't even realize it. Sometimes it starts off as jokes that you let slide by, you giggle about it because they're laughing and they didn't, you know that they didn't mean any harm or you hope that they didn't. Then it turns into letting them pick, choose and pick things for you. Even though you don't agree. And then it ends up as this person who you feel horrible around. But you feel stuck with them. And that's some way to live. (laughs) I think that's the way I'm going to put that. And I don't think anyone should have any control over how someone feels or whether or not someone should have the ability to decide things for you or make you feel like you're not important enough. Because no friend would do that to you. Or at least not a good one. But I guess that the whole point of this bonus episode is if anything to show people that wherever you are on your mental health journey whether it's the very beginning, the highest point, or the lowest, or even at the end, which hopefully isn't, because <laughs> um, I don't ever think that the mental your mental journey could ever end. But um, <laughs> anywho, the point of the message for this bonus episode is to show you that wherever you are in your mental health journey, that you can keep going even if you don't feel like anything is making sense to you. This isn't fair to what's happening to you. Why do you feel like or why do you feel things that others don't or you and or why do you question yourself on what like what you wear or how much you eat or whether you are skinny enough or big enough or tall enough or short like you'll get through these things and you'll keep going and you'll take each day at a time it's what i've been doing and like i said <laughs> Throughout this podcast, I can't tell you 
that things are going to get better. But I can tell you, things are going to get easier. Take one day about it. Take one day at a time, and find out what works for you. Not what's what some video said on. This is when you should feel okay. This is what I did, so you should do it too. Not some book on how to help yourself. Not what someone else said. It's whatever works for you. And I might, I might be wrong about saying that. But I know that it worked for me. And it might not work for everyone. Maybe you do need that. But you will find something that works for you. Just, you shouldn't immediately grasp for someone else, else's way to deal with something. And to anyone who is listening to this and they feel like they don't know where to turn to or they don't have any options left, this is what this is the last row for them I can promise you you might not feel like it but someone truly cares about you enough that they would hate to get in the, up in the morning and not have you there with them they would hate not to have to see you or talk to you Hug you. Be there with you. Through whatever. Because it's not. Someone's going to hurt. Because you're not there. And this is not me saying that. You're in charge of someone else's happiness. And. Or blaming you for someone else's hurt. But. This isn't the end. It shouldn't be the end for you. Things will get easier. I'm not going to say things are going to get better. Because I think you're right. everyone's idea of better is different. Maybe it's not going through what you've been going through. Maybe it's you'll be happy or you'll, you'll reach a goal that you've set. But... I can say for sure, things in your life will get easier. Take it day by day and know that each day will have its own set of challenges. It will, there will always be something. There will always be a problem. There will always be someone who gets on your nerves. There will always be someone or something there. But don't let that be the finishing moment for you. You are so much stronger than you could ever know. And one day, you're going to find yourself thinking about (laughs) all the little things or all the problems that you did go through and how strong of a person you are because of what you've dealt with. If someone had told me back in back way back in my senior days in high school, the first day of my senior year, that by June before my after my grad like to two months after my graduation. My mom would have passed. I would get prom. I was going to be sitting at a computer doing homework all day. (laughs) You're going, and then you're going to move to an area that you came going to have a job that that you hate (laughs) and you're not going to go out and they're 
you're going to deal with so much more than what you're ready for. I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably tell myself there's no way that I could have been strong enough to deal with things, these things, these set of problems. But when I look back at the stuff that I've went, already went through, stuff that I haven't told people, stuff that I've been silently fighting, silently healing from, I might be able to believe it. But you'd be surprised at how much one person can handle. And but I've been taking steps for myself to get, or rather to make things easier for myself. I have a grievance counselor now who has been amazing. And I listen, I find things to be happy about, whether it's music or it's some um, looking at videos where someone is doing good for someone else or things that make me laugh, people who make me laugh, people who I care about, people who care about me. Those are my reasons for going through everything that I have went through and not giving up on myself and not 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 succumbing to all this pain that I've dealt with in my life that I could never have been ready for and whether it's because of a higher force or just because it's life. I'm going to keep fighting and I'm going to meet the goals that I set for myself because I didn't come this far in my life and I didn't deal with as much as I have dealt with to not say that I have at least fought for what I wanted. Even if I don't get it, I can rest easy knowing that I have fought for it, I have worked for it. Even though I might not have gotten it, I'm a lot stronger because I fought for what I wanted. And the road may not be easy for me, it certainly isn't now, but I'll... I'm going to keep going. And to anybody listening to this who might feel the same or who might have been going through the same issues, (laughs) things will get better. Or like, (laughs) I don't know why I said that. I just said, I can't tell you that, but things will get easier for you before they get better. I haven't found my better yet. I'm going to keep fighting to find it, whatever that may be. But um, I also wanted to talk about how um, to address a previous point. You cannot fill any void in your life with love or with, well, not with love. (laughs) Let me address that. I want to say you cannot fill the void with people. Um, What I mean by that is you can't make yourself stop hurting by thinking that if you get in a relationship or if you hook up with someone or hook up with people or you eat your feelings or you self- Sabotage or you self destruct or making other people or trying to make other people feel as worse as you do. That isn't going to fill any void in your life. 
if anything, is going to make it bigger. You need to, or at least what I, what I found, is you need to try to, or I tried to find things or focus on other things that make me feel a little bit more complete, even though I know there are certain things that I probably never recover from. And whether that's okay or not is completely up for arguments. (laughs) But I owe it to myself to allow myself to be happy. And that's something I've always struggled with is letting myself be happy. Letting myself not care what other people think or Allowing them to make me feel smaller than what I am, even though what I've accomplished has says otherwise, has said otherwise. And um, as hard as it gets, as harder as the days continue to go by, you'll find that there are some days that are just so good and there are other days that are just so bad but like I said you have to live for for you what I found is that you have to there are moments with people or even with if it's just yourself that you never would have known were how significant they were to you And everyone's mental health journey looks different. This has been mine. Um, It's sporadic. It's crazy. There are highs. There are lows. Um, And um, you'll find that it'll all be worth it. In the long run, everything that you went through, everything that you've healed from, it's it's just an amazing process. Um, And it's so crazy because um, I want to talk about the highs and the lows um, as we close out this segment. Um, There's, um, I was actually looking in the dictionary one day, um, Randomly, and I found this um, these, this word. It's zenith, and it means the highest point. Um, and the opposite is nadir, which is the lowest point. And right now, if I had to like choose a perfect word that summarized the low point in my mental journey, was nadir because it is the lowest point. Um, it's the point where you feel like. Nothing. What could? There's nothing else that could get worse than this. There's nothing else that you could bounce. There's no way you can bounce back from this. You'll never reach your zenith. It's a slow start or a slow climb up to zenith. Or at least that's how I like to think about it. And right now, even though I'm at Nadir, I would like to, I'm coming from it. And um, it's like I said, it's a slow climb, but I'm almost there. I'm almost going to be at my zenith. I'm always going to be at my top point. I'm not going to let any day's problems get in between me and that. And, well, (laughs) um, this has really been uh, the bonus episode. Um, Sorry, guys, if you'd like me to make a part two, just let me, um, I guess I'll try to find a way for you guys to make comments, but 
Thanks, you guys. And this has been Midnight Thoughts.